FinTech Hunting is hosted by Michael Hammett, JD, CMT, keynote speaker, author, and founder and president of Next Level Advisors. Join Michael as he seeks out tech visionaries, leading lenders, trailblazing executives, and other financial influencers to bring you actionable insights and lead generation tactics, all centered around industry greatness and success. Welcome to FinTech Hunting. I couldn't be more excited about our next guest, uh, CEO, co-founder of Sales Boomerang, Alex Kushis. And Alex, welcome to FinTech Hunting. Uh, you have a wealth of knowledge. You're an ROI booster. You're a disruptive FinTech executive. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So as we talk about fintech and disruption, I know one of the things that that you guys that were instrumental in bringing products to the mortgage industry is you studied a number of disruptors in other segments, uh, such as Amazon and Google and Nest. What was it about those companies that helped you formulate your plan to enter the mortgage marketplace? You know, what was interesting to us um, about looking at those companies was not just about the disruptive nature of their business, but it was the ability to get in first place and stay in first place, right? What did they do to stay ahead of very competitive markets, right? And so our analysis was more around that than just the disruptive nature. Um, the fact that their leaders uh, may seem you know, extremely disruptive. Um, but our core focus was what did they do? How did they do it? What makes, what makes them special? And so what we found and what really helped motivate the growth and sort of the direction of which way we took the company was that all of these organizations, there was a long list, by the way. Uh, we took the ones that everyone sort of recognizes, but there was other organizations in their own respective industries that we, we don't put on our presentation that we don't talk about. But the ones that you mentioned, um, when we analyzed their business playbook, they each had two chapters that existed across the board. Number one was business intelligence, okay? Understanding their business, understanding the competitive landscape, okay? Being in touch with what's happening in their, in their environment, and so they can be, build what we call uh, barriers, right? Or, or some sort of, you know, moat around their business, understanding the landscape and, and their competitors. That's number one. Number two, they each implemented some sort of customer intelligence. And when you combine those two, what you basically have is a big barrier, big wall protecting you from competitors and from, you know, uh, the, the industry coming after you. And the customer part was building that knowledge of what the customer likes doesn't like, wants, doesn't want, who's ideal, who's not ideal, what's the way to approach them, when to communicate, how to communicate, all of these things. And so uh, our, our goal was to understand why they were leading and it was great and it just, you know, maybe we were looking for it specifically, any kind of intelligence tools they were using, which is why we launched the category borrower intelligence because with borrower intelligence in the lending industry, you get both, you get to build barriers um, around your business and protect your 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 uh, customer base, but you also get all of that personal customer connection by understanding the borrower 
and being there for them only when you need them. So um, that was our purpose is to understand why they're in, in first and stay in first. Um, and it just so happened that all of them had those two chapters and, and here we are. Excellent. So you brought up a couple of points that I, I want to drill down a little bit deeper for our audience. You had brought up the term and you guys really kind of carved out your own niche in the mortgage industry of automated borrower intelligence. What is mm-hmm. that? And what do you mean by that statement? Okay. So love that question. Um, automated borrower intelligence is the ability to basically put a brain inside your database. That's the best way to explain it, right? We are putting a brain inside lenders' databases, and what we're telling this brain and what lenders are teaching this brain is to say, hey, when someone in my database looks like they're ready for a loan, or we know for a fact they're ready for a loan because they're actually doing shopping activities or inquiring with other lenders, please notify us, okay? Please notify the the lender that did their loan, right? And so, the, the idea of automated borrower intelligence is to basically help align interest. For the first time, can we align the interest between borrowers and lenders? And now some people may be listening to this and going, what do you mean for the first time? I mean it. I mean for the first time. No matter how many times I've heard somebody say consultant or advisor, I'm a great consultant, I'm a great advisor, I'm, I'm, I'm a trust advisor consultant, all I was hearing is I'm really great at selling somebody on a mortgage. Because what happens is if I'm picking up the phone and I'm calling someone, to check in with them, all I'm looking for is cues as to how I can sell them a mortgage. There was very little, hey, I'm just checking in, hope life is good, um, no, no mortgage necessary here, just, just wanted to let you know I'm thinking about you, um, how's everything going? Every time somebody gets on the phone in, in, in the lending space, a loan officer gets on the phone, they're trying to sell something, right? And there's also this very automated kind of, let's, send them constant messages so they'll never forget us kind of thing and yet build the industry at 17% retention rate, right? Right. So, so let me ask um, you a question think, with that. Mm-hmm. With, mm-hmm. with that, what I'm hearing is this automated borrower intelligence now is changing the way that lenders sell, right? Historically, they had a product, a 30-year, a 15-year. They had an equity product. And they would just hammer on that client and it was a numbers game of how many borrowers or potential borrowers could they get through and how many could they hammer them with. But you're saying borrower uh, intelligence is really changing the way that lenders sell and market to an actual individual. Could you expand upon that? Okay. So, uh, yes. So, not only the way they sell. This is, this is um, when we say align interest between lenders and borrowers, it's basically saying that, look, Mr. and Mrs. Borrower, and we know this, right? There's, a, there's, a, there's uh, some, some statistics that say, look, uh, a, a consumer will have about 11 transactions, mortgage-related transactions in their lifetime, okay? So instead of changing the way we sell, it's really changing the way we service. Right, just changing, just just changing a word around a little bit. The way we service the people we deal with, and by service, I don't mean the servicing portfolios and servicing. Right. I'm talking about how we communicate with our clients. When somebody comes in, and and is ready for a loan, it is right now the time to explain to borrowers and everyone you deal with the the fact that you're a smart lender. And I don't mean you're a smart lender just because you're using sales boomerang. I mean, you're a smart lender because you've invested in automation, you've invested in digital mortgage, you've invested in mobile notaries, you've invested in all of these wonderful things, and now's the time to beat your chest, 
get on a mountain and scream about it and explain to everyone you work with, especially the borrowers, that look, you have now entered a smart lender, right? That's what you've just joined a smart lender. And a smart lender does all these things. And one of those things is understanding how we can be there for you for your 11th transaction. Not this transaction. This transaction, we're already sitting here. This is going to happen. This is done. A transactional environment is this transaction is over. See you later. I hope you use me again. What we're saying now is Mr. and Mrs. Borrower, based on all these things we have in place, we know you're going to do 11 transactions on average, unless this is your fifth and you have six more to go approximately. We are going to focus on getting you to the 11th one and making sure that every step in between is the best possible loan, best possible pricing, all of the things that you can imagine. So with borrower intelligence and aligning of these interests, what you have now is an opportunity to do what this industry has been saying for a long time, which is advice. And advice comes from knowledge and understanding. Advice doesn't come from, I hope I can sell you something. Advice comes from saying, hey, let me give you some advice based on the things I know. I'll give you a great example. One of my favorite, I, this was Monday, this, this week, this happened on Monday. Okay, uh, sure. We were, talking to a, this, we were talking to a loan officer. Um, we had a, a lender training in general for their team. Um, a, a follow-up from, from after, after 30 days of using the program, we do an advanced training on how to get best practices. So we had a loan officer on the call and said, look, I got to speak up. I had this, um, you know, I'm taking apps, all this good stuff. I had a call with, with, a, with a borrower of mine that I got a notification on, and I called her, and she said, yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready to do a loan. Here's the kind of loan I'm going to do. And he said, and this is what I love about this, he said to her, that is not the right loan for you. It's not, even though you're getting a lower interest, this is not the best loan for you. And he explained why. And they have scheduled a time to talk in March about what, what could be a better option for her at that time. And I think that's just beautiful. It's just beautiful that this loan officer understood that this is not, I'm not here for the money. I'm here to make sure that this consumer, this borrower gets the best experience for her financial future, period. And so this is just one small micro example of, of where, where this, this entire concept of borrower intelligence is going. How do you create a plan? Everyone's like, how do I make sure they come back to me? Right? How, how do I make, the, make sure the borrower comes back to me? Well, if we step away from lending for a second and ask ourselves, what are services or places we go and return on our own with confidence where somebody doesn't have to email me and send me letters every week or every month to say, don't forget me, don't forget me. What are the, what are the different industries or different professions where we, once we trust someone, we just go back on our own. We just know that we can use them and we expect them to come to us in case we're missing something. And that is the once that question is answered, we'll realize how important it is to not spam and solicit, but rather communicate and listen. Well, and I love, I love how you said that. Out. And I think what I'm seeing is really a shift in mindset from transaction-based, this loan right now, what's in front of me, to really more focus on how do I foster a long-term relationship and create a borrower for life? We've heard that term used a lot. But I think now we're actually seeing it in action when you're starting to talk about borrower intelligence and understanding through the notifications, whether it's somebody who has equity in their home now or somebody who is already starting their search for a new home and you're meeting the, the borrower, the potential borrower at their needs level when and where they need it instead of, like you said, just hammering them with emails and spam and a bunch of phone calls and hard selling 
you're changing the dynamic and trying to really own that consumer for life because you see it as not just one transaction, but a whole host of potential transactions that are worth a lot more than any one transaction if handled properly. Mm -hmm. Is that what I'm hearing? A hundred percent. That's a hundred percent right. And to add to that a little bit, the reason people hammer their database and, and, and spam and hammer, hammer, hammer is the fear of the of missing out, right? I hate to say this. I've, I don't think I've ever said this word publicly, but I'm going to say it today. FOMO. It really is. I've never used it because I always thought it was a silly thing to say, but I like it in this, in this particular example. Fear of missing out. They're afraid that if they don't hammer that customer, that customer will go somewhere else. Well, they're probably right. If you didn't give someone enough reason to come back to you, then you're probably right. They probably will go somewhere else, just like anybody else would. And no email, text message, or phone call over and over and over again is going to get them to change their mind unless you change your proposition, your proposal, your value to them. Exactly. And the only and way I, to change value. I love what you said there of it is about changing the value proposition instead of just trying to shove one product that you're hawking this month. It's really yes. bringing value to the equation. So it's not just the frequency of how much you're banging on these people. It's really coming up with the value proposition and you have a much stronger value proposition when you can use intelligence to know where that person is at in their stages of life and in their buying journey, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. when we talk about this, you know, a lot of people say, okay, new technology, whether it's FinTech or mortgage tech or reg tech and everything like that. But a lot of people want to know the proof is in the pudding. And I saw an interesting statistic um, that when you were speaking on a panel, and I think you guys just announced this, what, a week or so ago, that in this year alone, you help lenders recapture over $3 billion, and that's with a B, in loans. Can you expand upon that's that? True. Because that, I think, is what grabbed my attention and why I couldn't be more excited that you're here joining us on this podcast today. So it, it is... It is probably one of my favorite things in the world in general to know that people are accomplishing their goals or getting some kind of positive result from uh, something that, that we had in, in, uh, you know, a hand in. It truly is. It doesn't matter if it's people on my team, uh, our, our customers in general. Just knowing that, that something is helping others do well makes me extremely happy. Um, this statistic, this 3.1 billion that that, are, that we've tracked for our client success, this isn't hypothetical either. We are the only company in the industry that does a conversion report to the loan, right? To the loan. Here's when we sent the alert. Here's when you took the app. Here's when you funded the deal. Every single time. So we track the apps that we've delivered, which the apps are over like $5 billion worth of apps that have now turned into close to $6 billion actually. Uh, worth of apps that have turned into 3.1 billion in funding, um, but it's it's something we run for our clients. Um, some like to run it monthly, some like to run it quarterly, some sometimes wait a little longer. But what we do is we run a report based on all of their apps and funded deals. We match them up against all the notifications that we sent. Um, and to date, um, 3.1 billion from January 1st to October 31st, 3.1 billion dollars in originations um, from from these notifications and by the way that is something uh, that we don't uh, pat ourselves on the back for that is really 
a a uh, you know a big accomplishment and and a celebration of our clients. They've taken this, they've made it their own. It's part of their strategy. It's something they believe in. It's something they've always believed in. We just so happen to make it more efficient for them and make it easier for them to engage with our customers. They've always wanted it. This is just part of their strategy and we've just made it more efficient. Well, and, and part of that efficiency and part of helping them accomplish those results from what I hear from you is there's great transparency. You know, so mm-hmm. many times people will roll out a solution and then they're trying to figure out, did I really get the ROI that I thought I was going to get? They got sold one bill of goods and they really are having a hard time justifying. But from what you just said, the way that you track all of it, report it back to the lender, you're really more of a partner or an extension of their team than some ancillary product. Is that correct? Uh, absolutely. It's it's 100% part of their strategy. Um, we have had just recently one of our newest customer success managers was on a call with a client and they, they said point blank, Hey, 70%, and this is a, this is a branch manager talking about their branch, 70% of, of the transactions that we've done, um, have been sales boomerang notifications. We had another call, uh, yesterday with another huge, one of our, uh, customers, um, bank of England. Um, one of their branch managers said that his he himself is averaging three million a month in um, in volume from just sales boomerang notifications. He's cut out all of his other um, lead purchases because this is not a lead. This is a database referral. This is your database telling you somebody in your database, one of your customers needs your help. Um, so it's a much easier conversation. So it is completely part of their retention strategy. Um, it is also part of their, a lot of lenders are thinking about being more profitable. And so this is a more profitable uh, loan because it's, it, you do less selling, right? You have less, less hoops to jump through because this is, in most cases, somebody you've either done business with or have spoken to and, and, and have built some sort of relationship. So uh, it, just, it just fits right into their plan and, and uh so yes, it's not an ancillary product. It's right, right. And it's integrated with all their technology. So there's nothing to learn from it. Well, and see, I love when you bring that up because you're talking about, you know, so many people are worried about their tech stack and is it going to interact with one another? You guys seamlessly fit right in there. And again, this isn't just a sales pitch for your product. It's really discussing no. in this podcast how People are using smart technology. People are working with smart lenders. People are using intelligence to improve the mortgage process. And you you brought up two key points that I think as lenders look to 2020, they've got to be focused on what can I do to have better retention? And you've addressed exactly how to do that. And then secondly, how do I improve profitability, right? Because Loans are not going to continue to just fly in, right? There's always going to be a blip. Right. There's a cyclical cycle in the mortgage space all the time. But if you can use the data from their current database and recapture a lot of loans that would go somewhere else, that's providing significant value to the lender. Now, Alex, one other question I have for you is we're kind of wrapping this up and you've shared some incredible insights. And part of this whole podcast, we talk about different sales and marketing strategies. I know you speak quite a bit. Uh, you're on the conference trail, you're traveling. How has that helped get the word out and 
how has that helped you build relationships with people in the industry so it's not just transaction focused but it's more relationship focused so i love the circuit the speaking circuit um, as, as I may have mentioned to you before, or maybe I haven't, this is my seventh company. I'm a serial entrepreneur, and I've I've been speaking and presenting on off a stage and and through webinars for years. I I, I absolutely uh, adore the ability to meet people in person, build relationships, um, and and this industry, unlike any other industry, I've never been in an industry that is more. What's the best way to put this? Um, that looks forward to engaging in person than this industry. I've never seen a handshake go further in an in a industry than this industry. And I respect that. I, I believe in that. I love that. And so um, going, going on these trips and, and not, just, not just the speaking portion of it, but meeting people, it, it's, it's really part of being human, right? It's really part of how can I be bigger, some, uh, part of something that's bigger than myself and, and connect with people that have, um, you know, the same similar beliefs, like-minded people, uh, challenging people, people who want to ask real hard questions and, and um, you know, a, push you to, to be better. Um, and so, you know, to, to me, every one of these events is a chance to connect with someone that I don't get to see face-to-face because we do business around the country. And so it's, it's amazing. And, and uh, I, I, have this, I have this belief um, and, and this process that we teach everyone in our company, you have to be on a text and hug relationship with the people you work with. So if you can't text them or you can't hug them when you meet them, you don't have a relationship. And so I go to these events for hugs, right? Because I want to see these people. I want to meet them. I want to, I want to, I want to get to know them. And that's the way you build that relationship. Um, so that's, that's part of the travel. But I do want to mention something interesting. Um, since this is not about just pitching sales boomerang, this is about talking to the industry. And if the industry is listening, the future of this industry is collaborative. Okay. Collaboration with your agent partners, collaboration with your technology partners. We are in it together. If you really think about it right now, everything's been siloed. You're a realtor. I'm a loan officer. You're a technology company. And, and, and we're, we're, we're going to do our things in our lane. And the truth is, we are all trying to service the same person, the borrower, the buyer. It is the exact same person. We didn't build sales boomerang for the lenders. We built, we built sales boomerang for the borrower, right? We want them to have a great experience and choose the lender that gives them that great experience. So if you want to give them a great experience, you're going to use sales boomerang. But the, the, um, the CRMs and the marketing automation systems out there and the uh, uh, point of sale systems and the survey companies and other marketing companies, we're all in it for one thing. We want to take a borrower, connect them to the best lender, and give them the best experience. So the future of this industry is collaborative, no longer siloed. So you have to be, as, as being in this industry, you have to take your, your, your agent partners and you have to say, hey, this is our goal. Here's what we're doing. We're doing this together. There's no more, I'm paying for your marketing and you're doing this for me and I'm doing that for you. We're doing this together. We're giving the experience to our mutual customer. Hey, hey, tech partners, listen, this is the kind of environment, this is the kind of experience. What can I tell my customers about what your technology is going to do for them? I want them to know we are smart lenders and we are backed up by amazing companies like yours. Everything is going to move into a collaborative, uh, um, you know, community-based 
lending. Right. So that is that is my belief. And Alex, I couldn't agree more. I think it is critical for that collaboration. As you talked about, I love that phrase you said, you know, they've either got to be able to text or to hug. And I think those relationships are critical that if you're going to truly collaborate, you've got to have that personal relationship. And what I've seen is social media can be a great tool to enhance those relationships so that when you do see them, they want to give you a big hug. I've been at a lot of conferences lately, just like you, and speaking on panels. And what I'm finding is you can use LinkedIn, you can use Instagram, you can use TikTok, you can use these other tools. And if you're doing it properly with the goal to add value and to foster a relationship, people couldn't be more excited when you actually see them live. And that's when they want to give you the big hug. That's when it's easy to text them. So I love what you've shared there. Alex, you've shared so many great insights. I can't thank you enough for joining the show tonight. You are welcome back anytime. Uh, if people want to find out more about Sales Boomerang or they want to reach out to you, what is the best way that they can get a hold of you and your team? I would say just visiting salesboomerang.com. Every DVD will be there. Uh, checking us out on LinkedIn. Um, and those are probably the best approaches. So we're, we're, we're very easy to get in, in touch with um, and, and schedule any conversations. I want to thank you. I, I really appreciate you inviting me on the show. I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, knowing you and, and, and working with you and just um, seeing all the great things you do for this industry. So I appreciate the, the opportunity to, to um, speak on this platform. It is my pleasure, Alex. Let's work together and collaborate so that we can make sure that no borrower is left behind. Have a great afternoon. Ah, and thank you so much. Thanks. Talk to you. Thanks. Bye-bye. FinTech Hunting is brought to you by Next Level Advisors. Next Level Advisors, where businesses come to grow.